editing is where the magic comes. Like, if you can edit it and make it seem clean, that's uh, yeah, that's the good stuff. Hey guys, we apologize. I had a couple little technical difficulties. Good Lord, I'm having um, speaking issues right now. But yeah, technical difficulties, and um, we're just going to pick right back up where we left off. But if we can't get it right, just listen. We got part one ready, and then this is part two. The beard always wins. Unfortunately, we had a casualty, just like we had Scott Frost, who was the first casualty, which we did call. Uh, but what were we at? Get him out. So <laughs> get him out of here. Get my <laughs> let, let me get on my hate of God tribe real quick. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. And this because is a great opportunity, guys. We still win. I've been on this, you know, I've been on this train for a minute, and I think I've been going OD with it in the group chat. But I am I am fearful for Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame because there is there is a dialogue that is going on in the Notre Dame in the Golden Domers uh, subreddit and message board. That is eerily Ty Willinghamish. And this man is only two games into his coaching career. I don't want to hear about that. He's 0-3 to start his career. Uh that first game when he was interim, he had the interim tag. Yeah. These people also seem to forget that Lou Holt started his Notre Dame career one and four. And they hold him up with Newt Rockney, right? Yeah. But with uh Scott Trump. So like you know, like you know, I'm probably like one of the biggest bullet tagger supporters that was out there. Willie Taggart in 21 games has one less win than Scott Frost had in five seasons. You know it's crazy. And I'm looking at, the, and I'm looking at this like, and even and even to make it more egregious, Chad Morris had six less wins and got one more game to coach than Willie Taggart when he was at Florida State. That man went three and 22 at Arkansas. Wow. <laughs> but the one thing so I'm looking say- at this like. No, go ahead, my bad. I was just saying, I didn't realize, um, you know, Scott Frost was there so long. You know, it just don't seem that far, that long ago that Central Florida was claiming they were national champions. Um, but, <laughs> you know, shout out to uh, Elwood Mack, um, UCF alone. But, yeah, I didn't realize he was there that long. And then when I saw it, I was like, yeah, because, no, not Notre Dame, but uh, Nebraska has been, like, horribly bad for that long. Since he got there, like, what is the issue? Is it coaching, recruiting? Like, what is the issue, or is he just playing a hard too much too soon? Because he came from UCF um, and kind of caught lightning in the bottle while he was there. Like, what's your take? I, I'll comment on that, and I, I'll be I'll be quick because I don't I have not watched a ton of Nebraska football. How many? Five years? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't watch a ton of Nebraska football during those five years. As you know, I'm following Kentucky closely. I'm SEC. But uh, a random thought popped in my head today, uh, and I was thinking about this. Uh, speaking of Kentucky, Wandale Robinson, who was a record-breaking wide receiver at Kentucky last season, actually transferred from Nebraska. And so mm-hmm. when I was thinking about Wandale Robinson, I said to myself, this guy had one awesome season in Kentucky, broke records, got drafted, went to the Giants, and was a week one starter for the New York Giants at wide receiver. And I said to myself, man, this kid is a, everybody can see the talent that he's, he has when you put him in the slot and let him work, right? He can, he can cook. And I thought about it, and I said to myself, hold on, what was he doing at Nebraska? He was a running back. <laughs> now, I'm not saying he wasn't a good running back. I mean, I'm sure he, he, he 
produced. And I mean, obviously he left, but he was a running back in Nebraska. And Nebraska was not winning national championships. So I just, I don't know what that means. And I don't want to speak anything. I don't want to be disparaging on Scott Frost without knowing or watching the program and, uh, you know, not following it closely. But I did think that was kind of odd that a guy who was a running back for the majority of his career played one season at wide receiver, and now he's a starter in the NFL wide receiver. So that's... I'll be, I'll, I'll be disparaging. <laughs> he is... <laughs> people, people, he, people took that undefeated season that they had at UCF and took it as he's the second coming of Nick Saban. Like, he was going to be the new age of Nick Saban. While also forgetting that before he before that Owens the year before he got there, UCF went zero and twelve. But everybody who's associated with that program says that George O'Leary checked out. The two seasons prior to that, UCF went twenty one and five, I believe. So it's not like the cover was bare when he got there. He just just so happened to like get he get some talent, get some Florida kids, and get uh, have access. To some Florida kids and made it do what it do, but I think this—I call it the curse of Frank Solich because you all know they said Frank Solich winning ten games a year and ten and two ain't good enough in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. But actually, it's the curse of Bo Pelini, who is get averaging nine wins a year with Adrian Martinez as his quarterback, or my bad, Taylor Martinez. And Bo Pelini, on the day he was fired, said, "Their day is effing coming. We'll see what they can do when I'm effing gone." Hey, that <laughs> yeah, Taylor Bars. Martinez was. Um, <laughs> I forgot about Bo Pelini, and you you right. Bo Pelini went out in a blaze of glory. I remember that he he did yeah. not. He, you know how some guys go out gracefully. Nah, he didn't do that. And I remember yeah. because to your point, he was winning nine nine you know nine or ten games, and that they said that just was not good enough. And that makes me think about a lot of programs who do that. Man, I hate to turn the clock back all these years, but I go back to Tennessee when uh, Philip Fulmer was the coach in Tennessee and how they just felt like he wasn't doing a good enough job and how long it took them to, I get what, well, they still haven't recovered if you want to be honest, but how long it takes a team to recover after they, they get rid of a coach like maybe a Bo Pelini or, I mean, even though he didn't have a national championship like Philip Fulmer, but still a coach that can get you nine, ten wins every year. Yeah, I mean, like, even like we go back and look at Tennessee, like the champion of life, Buzz Jones, you know, um, that's the only one after afterwards that kind of had any smidgen of success. But you said something about UCF, George O'Leary. This is the same George O'Leary that was the coach at Georgia Tech. He was quitting Georgia Tech to go to Notre Dame, but then he got fired when they got leak that he forged his college uh his college transcript. transcripts and uh, so how is this guy still a coach? How did he get an, another coaching job? Like same same <laughs> this, this is a this is this is an excellent segue. This is on top of that thing that Mo just did, that motion that Mo just did, that's part of it. But another part of it is it is a small community. And these guys use it's, it's, it's nowhere truer than in sports that these people in power hire people that they see themselves they can have a beer with. And mm-hmm. it's the reason why 
all of these Nebraska fans are on, literally on the message board screaming for Urban Meyer. Last time we saw Urban Meyer, he was putting a, his finger up a woman's butt who wasn't his wife at a bar in Columbus. <laughs> Straight up. He really was. He smelled yeah. it. He smelled and, it, too. And, and, kicking the, and kicking the kicker. Like, you don't supposed to kick the kicker, man. Yeah, you can't kick the kicker. Kickers have, uh, have yeah. feelings. Um, yeah, that's almost... That's almost as bad as Nick Saban stepping over Manuel Wright in the locker room because he passed out from heat stroke when he was coaching the Dolphins. Like they, like they said, dude was foaming at the mouth, and Nick just kept walking over him and walking oh, no. off. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So while we talking about that, let's say you're Trev Alberts because I I I, pro, I pose this question in my uh, podcast. So. But wait. You're Trevor Trev Trev Alberts. Alberts. I want to ask you a question. But wasn't he a former player? Oh, yeah, yeah he played linebacker. Linebacker, okay. It's the, it's, the only, yeah, it's the only reason Scott Frost got an extension. Gotcha. So you're, you're, you got, you got a uh, Reed Vitiligo. You got the opposite of what Michael Jackson got, lucky bastard. But, <laughs> <laughs> so you're Trevor Alberts. You're the AD. Who do you bring in? Because I got two dark horse candidates that I would bring in that could that could set the culture right, temper expectations, and make the most out of the talent that they could bring in. Um, Butch Jones, only because I want to see his press conferences. Um, but honestly, to be honest with you, uh, up there, I can see them bringing in a Dan Mullen. Um, I can see who else. Um, What's Dan hates to recruit, though. Yeah, he and hates. Nebraska ain't the place where you don't you want a coach that doesn't like to recruit. Yeah, to your point. Um, oh, Doug Belt. Send Doug Belt up there. Nah, because all of my Alabama homies was like, "Hey, Nick Saban got his radar. He on Nick Saban's radar to be the next DC." Nah, send, send get Doug Belt to Nebraska. He don't need to be on the next. <laughs> As a DC, I'd rather be a DC at Alabama than a head coach in Nebraska. Real talk. Yeah, but uh, I would like but, to see Doug Belt. But, but my retort on that one is outside of Tennessee and the crazy boosters and fans that they got, I don't think there's another program in the nation that wants to be back more than Nebraska. Like, you got to think about it. Warren Buffett is part of the donor. <laughs> the donor group in Nebraska. <laughs> so dang, he, he's building up um, Oklahoma State and Nebraska. Nah, that's T- you think about T- you think about T Boone Pickens at Oklahoma State. Okay. That's the man that donated a billion dollars. Yeah, that's T- all right. Yeah, I got it right. I got it wrong. There's o- there's only two choices, and you you mentioned Urban Meyer. That was the name that popped in my head uh, earlier today, and my other choice. Because it's Nebraska, right? This is not uh, in the SEC. It's not in the big. Uh, well, it's, we talk about recruiting. Uh, you got to be able to recruit, but it's Nebraska. You're in Nebraska, so I personally think you need somebody who is going to energize the fan base. You need somebody who is an expert recruiter, like somebody who recruits better than any than just about anybody in the country. And you need somebody who is a proven winner at a high level. In my opinion. If I'm Trev Alberts, I'm getting on the phone and I'm calling Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze? 
Freeze. That's what I'm calling. He will win that's it. A, out. That's a that's an outsider that I didn't think about. My two my two off the board picks. One, and you heard his name repeatedly during the Texas Alabama game. And he wants to get back into coaching, but he wants to get this win over TCU. The first one is Gary Patterson. Like, I think Gary Patterson will fit. I mean, that dude, that dude got a statue outside of TCU campus, and he was still coaching. Gary Patterson is one, and Chris Peterson is the other one. Chris. Boise? Uh, Chris Peterson. Yeah. From Boise? Think about it. Before Chris Peterson took over Washington, Washington was 0-12. Sark fell there. Ty Willingham fell there. And by the time he left, they had played in a college football playoff game. But let me, let me, and, and, I, and I respect that. I respect yeah. that. He's, he's done great everywhere he's been. But let's talk about the expectations when he steps on campus at Nebraska versus the expectations in Pullman, Washington, or uh, Boise, Idaho. Like, it's a different type of pressure cooker. I think he can match it. But I don't understand why it's a lot of... They haven't won anything since we were sophomores in high school. Like, you want to know why? Because it's the same reason Missouri would never matter in the SEC. All your talent when you were in the Big 12 came from Texas. Nebraska yeah. was able to reach out to California and get kids. Can't do that in the Big 12. They might be able to do a little bit of it now with USC and UCLA coming on board, but nah. The, the coach that they're talking about is... And they better keep their damn hands off my guy, uh, KU coach, Lance Lightball, because he is a, he is a, he started his coaching career at Nebraska. Hmm. But keep your hands off of him, Cornhuskers. He blows dust. Going to see my guy this weekend. Shout out to the Houston KU Alumni Association. I love them tickets. Gotcha. But. For the free. <laughs> 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 But um, yeah, that's that, that's gonna be interesting to see who go, who actually goes to Nebraska because I could be honest as a recruit, I'm probably not putting Nebraska as like, hey, I want to go to Nebraska. Like even though when I was little, and uh, I won't say little because I was in high school. At first, I, I, I said, "Dang, Tommy Frazier, um, the, the crazy one, Lawrence Phillips, Amari Green, yeah, I'm Green." Yeah, I was uh, like, oh, Nebraska. And then I saw it on the map, looked at the map again, and like, ew, Nebraska. Like, <laughs> I don't, don't want to go. Like, it, like Oklahoma, I don't want to go to Oklahoma ever again. If I never have to go to Oklahoma ever again, I'll never go back. But another, Hey, another reason I said Chris Peterson, because I think Chris Peterson would be smart enough to go in there and be like, hey, the West, the West Division of the Big Twelve is trash. The, we need to model. We need to follow the Wisconsin model. Wisconsin doesn't get top twenty-five recruiting class, and they don't even have half the history that Nebraska got. And they don't have the donor base that's willing to spend whatever it takes to get back to the top. So I think if somebody comes in, they initially say that, "Hey, we need to we need to pattern ourselves after Wisconsin." And after that, sky's the limit, especially if the W start coming. Yeah, and, and the fact that he, it is in the the big the Big Ten West, you can if you get the right coaching, then you can almost guarantee, uh, you know, to be in the, in the title game every other year. That's yeah. that, that. That's why the first two calls I'm making are Urban Meyer 
Hugh Freeze, and then may, then maybe I get down on my list to my Chris Petersons, and maybe I, you know, maybe I start reaching out to some of those other guys. But so I don't know, man. So let me ask you, let me ask you guys this: is is it too soon for Urban Meyer? Like everything that's it's never too good. It's never he's an he's he's a he's a hired assassin. It's never too early, right? Right. Never no. too early. Even it's always gonna days. be somebody. It's, it's always gonna be somebody desperate enough to be like, you know what? We can overlook that. And matter of fact, if he went to Lincoln, Lincoln is such a a closed off space. I think he could do all his his thug thizzle while in Lincoln and not have to worry about getting up. That's what I was saying before we were recording. There's certain places like the, the guys who do what they do in certain places they know how to pick and choose their spots lincoln nebraska is is, is not los angeles california you no. know what i mean so yeah. you can he much do what he wants to do in lincoln nebraska he can be that the type of person that he wants to be it's not uh an nfl city you know it's 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 in the middle of nowhere, and they—I promise you—they're going to support him. Everybody in Lincoln, Nebraska, is going to be behind him 100. percent So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not too early. Also, if y'all want to hear another rumor that I've heard a little bit too many, uh, look, way too many times for me to be like, this can't be true. Also, um, there was a point in the season last year where Scott Frost's wife left mm-hmm. Lincoln. And part of that is because some people were starting to leak out that he was having an affair on his wife. And you see that got kept kind of quiet. I, like, I know it's hearsay, but it's a lot of people that were saying this thing and even had it pinpointed to the bar that this woman worked at. <laughs> wow. Without giving away a name. And see, if that's if that's true, that's a that's a credit to the good folks in Lincoln because I've never heard it. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and I had that bit. In another place, you would have heard about it. I would have heard about it, right? Yes. Right. Um, so let's tra- uh, let's transition to something else real quick. And it's just a thought that um, came came to mind. I know because we talked about Georgia State earlier, um, and we also talked about like those smaller schools, like Georgia Southern. And um, is it is it possible, right? Is it is it possible with the transfers and um, and whatnot? That schools like Georgia State, let's just say Georgia State and Georgia Southern, who has they're in the middle of a fertile recruiting base. Everybody can't go to Bama. Everybody can't go to um, Georgia and Tennessee. Is it possible? Possible that they could be the next uh, Cincinnati? Yeah, it's not. A, it's not about the realm like possibility because I mean. Until I think it's what twenty, actually it's next season where they lift the uh, scholarship limit. So technically, you could bear Bryant some kids at a school and sign a class of fifty. All fifty of these guys aren't going to play, so they're going to want to go. So it's no different than it's no different than when a player used to transfer from Florida State. They always mysteriously ended up at Northern Alabama, and then at a certain point, they all started coming to VSU. Certain coaches like, hey, push them guys over there. So it's the reason why App State can get a Chase Bryce who played at Duke and played at Clemson. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I agree. It can happen. It's not out of the realm of possibility, you know, especially if you kind of in a, a geographically situated in a good spot. Um, 
again, not to harp on Hugh Freeze and just be a Hugh Freeze fanboy over here, but if you think about this guy with the Liberty, like if you if, if you think about getting the right coach at one of these schools that can recruit or has a pipeline or has relationships that can get some of those guys who transfer from, you know, maybe the bigger schools, I think it can happen pretty pretty easily in a place like Georgia's uh, Southern, Georgia State, like in, in, a, in a place that's already talent-rich. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think it's what is it? 131 Division One program. Yeah, like yeah, 131. Yeah, it, it can happen. It can happen. Yeah, like so. I I, I don't. Yeah, I see it happening. Um, it, it's you gotta gotta have the right coach. Yeah, and it's just like I, and it's just like I say about Georgia Tech, man. I know you hate hearing this as a Georgia fan, but the Georgia Board of Regents is the only reason why Georgia Tech can't recruit. They can't. They can't get a liberal arts program. If Georgia Tech had a liberal arts program, and they could tag team that with that engineering school, they could do some damage. But there's a reason why Clemson, Ohio State, hell, even Stanford had a pipeline in Atlanta uh, when Shaw first started out at Stanford. Yeah. No reason why Georgia Tech couldn't get those kids. But Georgia Board of Regents. Hey, I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> and with that being said, is who would win in the game? Would you, do you think Georgia Tech would beat Georgia State or Georgia Southern? Georgia Te- Georgia State, yeah. You think they beat Georgia? Georgia State? Georgia Georgia Southern. I have I have to like think about that one. Who would you pick? And that's a lot of recent that's a lot of recency bias right there too. So. Who you who you got, Mo? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, speaking of recency bias, you look at the past couple of weeks, man. I I would have said Georgia Tech is better than both of those schools, but I, right now I can't really say that. I would have to see the game. Like, it's a coin toss. So Georgia Tech, Georgia State, and Georgia Southern, I probably put them all around the same uh, in, in in the same category. Yeah, that was that was my uh, my thing. I was like, when I was watching the games this weekend, and I just had a thought like as I was driving, like. Man, Georgia Tech, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, they're all on the same level. They're yeah. all, yeah. all on the same level. Uh, let's, let's, let's switch it to, to, to NFL real quick. That press got out for six to eight weeks. Um, Cowboy season over. Yeah, they, I think it was over before. Right, it was over. But, uh, it was over with that, that quarterback. They going crazy. Yo, I should have sent y'all a link to... Uh, the sports talk radio here this morning, like they going in, and um, for that's the thing that hurt me about Cowboys fans, especially like hating them all my life and now having to live amongst them, <laughs> which brings me nothing but pain, but also joy. Yeah. Is I have to listen to when anything goes bad, it's Dak's fault. None of this vitriol was coming Tony Romo's way when he was choking away games. Is yo. Zeke had a game last year when he rushed the ball for 25 times for 49 yards. And they said Dak should have did more. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, your man's can't even average two and a half yards per carry. Yeah. What you got, so, man? Okay. Yeah, I agree. The season was over over before it started. When did uh, when did uh, Trey Aikman, Michael Irvin, and uh, Emma Smith, when did they win their last Super Bowl? 96. 96. Yeah. So, the, the Cowboys season has been over since 97. 
That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they, 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 nah, nah, look, listen, I'm a Cowboys fan. I do agree. I do agree that Dak Prescott probably gets more blame than he deserves, right? Uh, let's face it. Uh, the guy plays hurt. He's a, He puts up numbers, like, you know, but on the same note, that's, that comes with the position of quarterback. Like, uh, now, maybe Tony Romo didn't get that same type of uh, hate because Tony Romo is a, let's just say he's a different, he's a different, a different animal, right? He's, he's, he's Tony Romo, right? Tony Romo, Tony Romo is Hispanic. People seem to forget this part. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying he's beloved. Like, people, yeah. for whatever reason, for whatever reason, there's, there's a unanimous um, love affair with Tony Romo. I think it maybe is his personality. I don't know what it is. Uh, and Dak seems to be a nice guy, too. But Dak is treated like every other quarterback whenever your team loses. For some reason, Tony Romo just gets a, he gets a pass. I don't know how many playoffs games he won during his entire NFL career. But what one? Yeah. But but you would think maybe one or two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But you would think that he was just God's gift to the quarterback position the way people love Tony Romo. So that's why I'm just saying put an asterisk beside his name. I don't know about Tony Romo, but every other quarterback, that's that just comes with it, man. That just comes with it. Like if your team is underperforming the way the Cowboys underperform, the quarterback is gonna get a lot of blame. Yeah, I think uh like I watched that game last night. But Dak was off. Dak had a bad game, right? I'm not just saying that. Um, but he does get a lot of unfair criticism, I think. Um, and also, just to come back, the Cowboys have had a couple of winners. They've had winning seasons. Um, they, had, they had a couple of... Uh, I want to say when T.O. was there, they they made a couple of runs. But, you know, a good regular season. Just didn't do much in the playoffs. So, um, which is it was a criticism. Which T.O. Get, which T.O. gets a bad rep for? Yeah, yeah. T.O. is um, T.O. Go ahead. Uh, the the rap that got well, the thing that got T.O. kicked out of Dallas, and I want to say I can't remember who the safety was at the time, but he vouched the story on cold pizza one morning. It was like, yeah, it wasn't T.O. that went to Jason Garrett. It was Roy Williams. He gathered all the wide receivers up, and they went to Jason Garrett and said, hey, man, you got to tell Romo to start throwing us the ball. It's like him and Jason Witten are drawing up plays in the dirt out here. And that's what got T.O. kicked off the Cowboys. Hmm. Well, but, oh, it was Ken Hamlin. Ken, and Ken Hamlin backed everything up that T.O. was saying. He was like, yo, he was like, it is times where there's people running wide open and he throws it to his boy. Yeah. Yeah. Weren't they in Cabo with, uh, what's the, uh, the, the girl? banana boat. Yeah. <laughs> but, but they were in Cabo. Uh, he was, he was dating the girl. Is it Jessica Simpson? Uh, him and yeah. Witten, Jessica Simpson. Yeah. Um, which was kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. I got, um, uh, I'm going to ask you guys this, this, this question here, and just, just kind of, uh, it's just, it's a different different sport, right? Um, what's more impressive? Is it LeBron's, like what he's done, like his his stats for the game, or how long he's just been consistently good? For me, it's the longevity. 
Like, and they go hand to hand because, you know, the longevity would not be impressive if, if it wasn't at a high clip, if, it, if he wasn't putting up the numbers that he's putting up because anybody could just hang around for a long time and be a journeyman in the league. But LeBron James, what did he average, 30 points last season? Yeah. Like, LeBron James not only has been doing it longer than anybody who's been this good, he's been doing it better longer than anybody who's been as good as him. So, I mean, no disrespect to Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or, you know, any any of the, the people who are in the GOAT conversation uh, around, you know, his era, but it's you'd be hard-pressed to find a guy that good that long. Now, in other sports, you can look up, you can look at Serena Williams, you can look at Tom Brady, you can look at, you know, maybe even Tiger Woods, you can look at other people in other sports, but in basketball, come on, like, yeah, it's the longevity is, is the most impressive thing to me. What you got, Deron? Mm, you know how I feel about this guy. <laughs> uh, but you're taking will, a non-biased approach. I, I will agree that his longevity, like, he's been consistently, I mean, like, what, he got 37,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 10,000 assists. I want to say he's the only guy that's actually ever done that. So I give him that. But if we looking at it in the macro, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm gonna need more than I'm gonna need more than one Disney ring, a first round exit, and no playoff appearance. Wow! <laughs> if you if you the king, if you the king, you better start goating because we people. I hear people. Mo, I know that she mans and everything, but I hear LeBron fans talk about his number is gonna get retired for the Lakers. Lakers, you're expected to win rings, yeah. a ring. It's probably a little Rings. early Laker jersey retirement talk. It's early for that. No, right. It's not, I do that. But his entire career, that's what I'm right. talking about. Right. In totality, yeah, he the go. Gotcha. Hey, gotcha. I got something. What's up? Unless you got something else. Well, I did, um, I, I did have something else. Um, because go for it. We go from LeBron's Lakers to a former Laker named Swaggy P was in the boxing ring. Oh, man. Did you guys see this? I'm sorry. Swaggy P. I don't know what he was doing. He didn't train. No. He did not somebody train. Said he had, somebody said he had drunken style. Man. He looked like uh like the what's the guy, um the the crazy dude, like serial killer that's on um The Simpsons. How he was shaped, his hair. Oh man, I can't think of his name. But he had like a like he had yeah, just got off the couch and like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do this. <laughs> wasn't even the worst wasn't even the worst knockout because Adrian Peterson looked like he wanted to uh, go get the gap. <laughs> <laughs> what you thought? Hey, hey. I didn't see the swaggy P. Uh I, I, I have not seen any any of that. But I saw the clips. I saw like the you know the knockout of uh, of Adrian Peterson, and it looked pretty bad. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I oh, it, looked, it, looked, it, it was not a good look. And you could see his eyes immediately uh, yeah. roll back. But uh, sometimes, sometimes, I mean, I get it. It's an exhibition boxing match. But sometimes I just feel like those are. I think they're more spectacle than sport. And I'm not, I'm just I'm not as I'm not as into them to be honest with you, man. Like. If you look at the way Adrian Peterson got knocked out, he was unprotected. I mean, yeah, it, right. maybe he was about to throw a punch. I don't know, but that's that's not good boxing. 
<laughs> that's what I would say. And, and I don't know. I feel like it's gonna get to the point where somebody's really gonna get hurt. Yeah. And for me, for me, I know it's an entertainment product, and I know a ton of people enjoy it. But for me, I don't. I don't. I'm not a fan. And the one thing about it, and like a lot of people probably don't know this, but Le'Veon Bell has been training doing boxing. Training. Yeah, boxing for since he was in um, Pittsburgh. Like so, he, uh, yeah. So like so, when you see that punch, like that faint, and then that punch, it was like, oh wow. Because when he hit Peter, when he hit AD, AD was like, what the hell, bro? His eyes rolled everywhere but straight ahead. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was hey, one thing on the one thing on the Swaggy P knockout. It's, I remember a lot of boxing knockouts, but the most memorable boxing knockouts are the ones where you get knocked out and all I see is the bottom of your shoes. So like B, so like B Hop getting knocked out of the ring will always be funny to me because I was like, man, you can you can see the you can see the Nike switch. <laughs> so Swaggy P getting knocked out of the ring. Brought back the memories of uh, B-Hop getting knocked out the ring. Man, that is... Like, Swaggy P was... <laughs> hey, first off, let me just say, we're laughing, but the one thing we do it now is, like, to walk up three steps and get in the ring and fight somebody that <sighs> probably hasn't done nothing to you, right? That takes a lot of courage. So, <laughs> I, I give them that, but at the same time, God gave us all this gift of discernment, and so you've got to know, hey, this... It might not be what I need to be doing. You know what just hit me? What's that? And it was and it and it wasn't whoever that was. Swaggy P was fighting. I don't know <laughs> if y'all follow dude on Instagram, but No Chill Gill is basically a terrorist in Nick Young's life. Like he beats up his kids. Like he broke his he broke his son's glasses. The last IG live he went on. Gilbert Arenas is a terrorist to the Nick Young family. I can only imagine what I can only imagine what the next IG live is going to look like. Wow! Because Gilbert got jokes. Gilbert come with the jokes. The jokes to the point where it could be me and Mun joking, and so in the middle of all of these jokes, Mun be like, "Man, I might have to hit this dude for real because this seems a little personal." <laughs> Give it to uh to Swaggy P, but I've seen him on like podcasts, and I just paid attention to the way he moves, and I can tell Gilbert Arenas is the type of cat that you don't want to joke around with all the time because he's gonna take it too far. Yeah, shout yeah. out to Jake, shout out to Javaris Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Pick one, right? Pick one. You know, but you know, it's crazy. Like some people make you make you do that. Like it, it's some people. Um, and, and I, I'm dealing with this. I ain't gonna give him no 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 love, but let me just say this: he might be the worst wildcat in the history of all wildcats. Um, but he talks big like he was actually a part of the reason why they had some of that success in the nineties. And but I find out, Buddy was on the JV, and, and you know what? That also didn't have a JV, so that just means he didn't play, right? Um, oh, who does it? Huh? I tell you, I'm lying. I tell you, I'm lying. But I call him. He played when we. He played when we played. Yeah, he graduated with me and Mo. Um, if I call his name, you guys wouldn't know. You guys wouldn't know. Matter of fact, I'm gonna put it in the chat. Uh, if I if, if I call if I if I call his name, um, y'all wouldn't y'all 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 gonna be like, who is this? 
Let me see. Let me go ahead and put it on in there. You got a pin, you got a pin in the pad because it was. I want to do some picks. I had no bets this time though. But my thing was, uh, uh, does anybody really see uh, Josh Allen falling off this year? Because uh, my God, I hope he's a different animal. <laughs> I, I hope not because I got him as my fantasy football quarterback. So I need him to to ball out. Alright, uh, shout out, shout out to my boy. You brought, up, you brought up Josh Allen. Just one quick note on Josh Allen. Yeah. It's two people that I will go on record saying that I was 100% dead wrong on Stetson Bennett and Josh Allen. And I, I, owe, them, I owe them both apologies publicly right now. Yeah, y'all, 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 y'all did. I was wrong on Justin Herbert. Yeah. No, yeah, but yeah I, I was wrong on Justin Herbert. I didn't think they. Neither one of them warranted that high of a draft pick. But, so yeah, I really was wrong. But I wasn't wrong on the mailman. I was not wrong about the mailman. From day one. Homer. Uh, Homer. No. Nah. Look, at first when he, like, I said, I still remember when back when that year that UCF won their quote unquote national championship, when he was on, when he was on the team. And uh, I was like, who is this dude, right? Like, why is he, you know, he prefer a walk I'm like, okay, family has got money. But it, to hear Richard LeCount talk about him, right? Because they, they played each other. But to hear uh, him talk about him, like, yo, he was the, the best quarterback that we played. They just gave us all kind of fits. Hey, the dude was, yeah. I always thought the dude was, uh, what? Uh, what? You going to make me start, you going you gonna to make me start hating this dude because the the, the no, tone that I'm let, hearing. Let me finish. Just let me finish. The tone I'm hearing from Georgia fans, y'all starting to T-bow this dude. I'm not T-bowing him. You know him. how I feel about T-bow. But I'm not T-bowing him. I'm not T-bowing him. But I, all I was going <laughs> to say is this, right? I always thought that he was a, a good quarterback that had some talent. I just thought he, I honestly thought he'd never see the field at Georgia. But when I watched him, the 20, I mean, 19, 20, he has gotten better. And, I, and even at the end of last year, coming to this year, I just said, hey, if he can cut out those stupid mistakes that he, he likes to make all randomly at the wrong time, do the be all right. Is he a NFL prospect? I don't know. Doug Flutie made it. But we'll see. Let's slow, let's slow down the hype. Because I, I told you, I got num- I came with receipts and numbers this week. <laughs> Well, look, man, I, I didn't mean to hijack the conversation. I just threw him into the same category as Josh <laughs> I was wrong on both of those guys. That's all I was saying. I'm going to get this stat, and then I'm going to get back to the NFL, get y'all uh, opinions on some things. But I know it was Sanford, but average throw, average yardage per throw that Stetson Bennett put up this week was five yards. Yeah, Even with the stats that he had. They had 300 yards. Imp- imp- impressive stats, but average air yards was five. Oh, okay. Nice. But I just don't want I just don't want Mon to keep talking about this dude and he become part of my agenda. Hey. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Hey man, I didn't hear that? Just dip it up, man. Just dip hey. it up, man. Hey, uh, it's that for Heisman. I want him to go to New York. Uh, I, just want, I don't want him to win. I, I don't need him to win. I, I just want him to go to New York. Let, let my man go to New York. That's it. You know what? I'm going to 
that is now on the board. <laughs> so, so, so wait, every wait. T- every time you bring them up, I'm putting exclamation points behind. But wait, let, 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 let me ask this question here, right? This is this is a legit legit question. Let's just say Georgia goes goes undefeated. He keeps playing like he is, putting up similar numbers like he is, right? Does he get an invite to New York? Would you would you be upset if he got an invitation to New York? I'm not saying he's gonna win, just getting the invite. That's all I'm saying. Nah, not really. That's it. That that but was it. I'm also but but I'm also the same guy that's like, hey, I know Bryce is impressive, defendant he came back, he won the Heisman trophy. Stetson putting up numbers. To me, and I know I'm gonna get some pushback on this from both of y'all, but the most impressive quarterback to me this season is Drake May at North Carolina. Dead serious. Behind that line to put up the numbers he putting up, the only throw one pick behind that that Ole offensive line that he got. I'm having to pretty good, though. Uh, uh, so first of all, Caleb Williams has entered the chat, and then secondly, the Caleb quarterback played right. The quarterback at Mississippi State is better than uh, Drake May. No. Will Rogers is better than Drake May. Come on. I'm not. Will, Rod- Will Rogers has access to access. Oh, access to access. Because how, uh, you played you play for, play for Hal. How true is this? Somebody told me that Hal Mummy's offense, when uh, the defense would uh, get a three and out, he would tell the punt returner, just fair catch. I, I, I can't speak on that. I was a defensive player, so I don't know what <laughs> The punt returner to do, but I, what, here's what I will say: the system does benefit. It is a quarterback friendly system, right? But think about it: how many quarterbacks over how many years have been involved in systems like either similar system or a system that came from that tree, and they haven't been what Will Rogers has been. So, I mean, you could you could say it's a quarterback friendly system all day, but at the end of the day, you got to go out, you got to perform, you got to put up numbers, and he's more impressive to me than than uh, Drake May, but. It's volume, dog. Rogers averages forty-five passing attempts in his career with Mike Leach as his coach. Yeah, you talking about forty-five times a game? I, 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 don't, I don't punish people for volume. That's that's like me saying Allen Iverson shot so many more shots than the next guy. Well, I'm not going to punish him for that. Or Kobe Bryant, they shoot a lot of shots. <laughs> I'm, I'm, they still produce though. So, so this, this, a, like. I don't really have an opinion on it, but the games that I saw Will Rogers play, he did not look impressive. He was a freshman when you saw him play. He's a sophomore. He's a sophomore. Yeah, Garrett Schrader, Garrett Schrader looked like a decent quarterback, and he got out of that system and went to go play with Dino Babers at Syracuse. Didn't, didn't Syracuse win this weekend? Yeah, they doing up. Speaking of, speaking of uh, records... Uh, uh, who got a pen and a pad? Cause I want the record to show when we are right and when we are wrong. Okay. <laughs> All right. First game up in a place that uh, Morris Lane loves also well, and quite possibly may be my next home if I hear back from admissions. Florida State Friday night travels to Louisville to play the Louisville Cardinals. I'm taking Florida State. I, I think I picked Louisville to win this. Hmm. Really? That's, <laughs> I, I think I picked them to win this. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to think back to when we talked about Florida State. 
Uh, but they're riding high LSU win. Uh, yeah, give me the nose. I refrain from picking a team on this one. You, uh, you, you recuse yourself? Yes. <laughs> I, also, uh, I also want to uh, put a team on notice. Uh, I understand that these fans are happy because, I mean, they did get uh, get to play Georgia last year in the Orange Bowl. But uh, let's temper it down a little bit, Michigan fans. You've only played uh, Colorado State and Hawaii. Next up, they got UConn. I understand there's reason for excitement. The record's... The record as it is, but the, well, the schedule as it sets up, you should be undefeated when you play Ohio State. But, I mean, that schedule is trash. Okay. How many times have we seen this movie with Michigan? How, how many times? They start off the season uh, six, seven, eight, or, eight, no, whatever. And then when it comes down to it, the Ohio State game, the Big Ten Championship and the college football playoff, they find a way to lay an egg. That's what they do. That's, That's what they do. The Ohio State game, the Big Ten Championship, or the college football playoff, they will let you down, guaranteed, every time. And who, so, uh, and who are they playing? I will, uh, they're playing UConn, who is a team without a home. Uh, yeah, Michigan gonna, should beat UConn. We're not picking. We're not picking this game. No, uh, we all know Kentucky is going to blast Youngstown State. They should. Uh, yeah. uh, the feisty penguins of Youngstown State. Uh, uh, number twelve BYU versus that fraudulently number twenty five Oregon. Oh, that's a good. That's a good uh, top twenty-five matchup, right? You got, uh, Oregon has the chance to prove that they are a top twenty-five team, and BYU has a chance to prove that they can play against good football teams. I, I guess relatively good football teams. They got beat fifty something to three by Georgia. So, um, I mean, I like I like uh, BYU in that game, uh, and I like Oregon dropping out of the top twenty-five where they. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think uh, I like BYU winning. Winning a close one. What's the point spread on that? Yeah. Ooh, I have to look it up. I ain't got it up. I'm looking on ESPN right now. Uh, it is an interesting game, and this may be a game where the second coach of the season gets fired. But uh, depending on how Tim Cook feels that day and if Apple stock go up this week. Oh, yeah, uh, download the new iOS. It's pretty cool. You can delete text messages and stuff now. Um, well, you can, you can unsend a text now. Uh, but uh, traveling to uh, Auburn, uh, number twenty-two, Penn State. Uh, I haven't seen it play this season, but um, I don't know. Auburn's two and zero, right? Yeah, it's San Jose, San Jose State, and give me a second. They played San Jose State and Mercer, <laughs> and they only beat. And they only beat San Jose State by a touchdown and two point conversion. Yeah, I got give me Penn State. Okay, yeah, yeah. Give, give me Penn State. <laughs> yeah, I got I got Penn State. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Uh, at a game that I will be at. Uh, shout out to my peoples, but uh, KU travels to the third ward at the play Houston. Dana Hogerson and them boys. Mm. Now, if you would have asked me last week, 
I would have said Houston, easy, not even no competition. But with Kansas maybe looking a little better than I expected them to look, um, it might be a game. I don't know. I can't. I can't really. I, I can't really say. Like it, I'm split on that one. So no, no pick for me. You know who I'm rolling with? Rock chop, right? Wave the wheat. Yep, wave the wheat. <laughs> well, rock uh, we know who's going to win this game, but I don't know if y'all remember this. I don't. So let me uh, hit the rewind machine a little bit. I don't know if y'all remember this year. I want to say it was Nick Saban's second year. Louisiana Monroe. First or second year? First year. Louisiana and, they, and, they, and they lost to ULM, but they played Michigan State in the capital. Uh, in the, uh, cap, which one is uh, Who's the – who sponsors the – the Capital Bowl sponsors. It's either the Citrus Bowl or the – it was not the Orange Bowl, but it was one of the uh, Florida Bowls that they played in. They played Michigan State. And Michigan State was down to their three deep at multiple positions because Bama was bringing the hurt. And this week, uh, Bama plays ULM. <laughs> How much do they win by? Because I got the over-under at 55 and a half without even looking at the score. So I got Bama by 55. Give me four. I, I was, was going to say 45. You got 45, Mo? I got 47. All right. Yeah, Prediction for that game, in the words of uh, Clubber Lane, pain. Uh, it was an interesting game. Uh, Liberty traveling to Winston-Salem to play Wake Forest. Give me Wake. Yeah, give me Wake. Give me Wake. Give me Wake. Yep. Wake has Sam Hartman back, who is yep. quietly one of the most consistent quarterbacks in yeah. college football. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll, take, I'll take Wake on that one. Um, ooh. Uh, Mike Leach versus Brian Kelly. Mississippi State travels to Baton Rouge to play LSU. That's the game I'm most interested in, like, uh, of this weekend. That's, that's the game that I feel like I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. If I had to pick right now, it's in Baton Rouge, I would say LSU, just because it's in Baton Rouge. I want it's to- also not a nighttime kickoff, so there's that. Oh, LSU. Um, bring bring the Cowbells. Ring the Cowbells. Yeah, yeah, I'm going with State. Also, uh, LSU fans, uh, I know y'all hated on Jaden Daniels after the Florida State game. Y'all was begging for Garrett Nussmeyer. Uh against Southern. Garrett Nussmeyer went 13 for 23 for 183 yards, no touchdowns, two picks, and got sacked twice. So chill. Uh, here's an interesting game. Uh, Texas Tech versus at NC State. Give me the Wolfpack. Yeah, give me the Wolfpack at home. I'm going with the home team. Actually, I am going, and isn't you know I hate Texas, but I think I will go with Joy McGuire and Texas Tech. Hmm. I saw something last week. All right, hopefully I see saw it. something real interesting. <laughs> Gotcha. Uh, let's see who else is there. Uh, Miami travels to uh, College Station to play Texas A&M. Uh, this is eight o'clock, eight o'clock kickoff. 
that's an interesting matchup. And if you would have asked me last week, I would have said Texas A&M, no doubt. Man, how things have changed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I think the uh, the fighting J- Jakari Browns are going to actually pull off an upset uh, for the second week in a row in College Station. I don't, it's not an upset. I shouldn't say an upset. Is it, they're going to win in College Station? I should say that much. Yeah, I got. I will go. I'll go against the grain again. I will go uh, with Texas A and M, but only because. After watching Jimbo as an OC and a head coach at Florida State, even when he had worse talent than he has on that team on the Texas A&M team this year, and I know it's a different coaching staff, but he went across three different coaching staffs while he was coaching at Florida State. At uh, let me see, it was Rick, uh, the uh, the uh, enterprise car salesman Al Golden, and and uh, Randy Shannon. I know three different styles. But for some reason, Jimbo knows how to cook up something that confuses the hell out of my head. It's like he circles that game two years beforehand and has something cooked up for him. So I'll go with Texas A&M. Do you, what time is that game? 8 o'clock kickoff. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. That was ESPN. I think it was my head. ESPN kickoff. What else yep. we got? Georgia, uh, uh, South Carolina. Uh, Deron, I, I, I got to point out, Deron, you, uh, you picked Texas Tech. You picked Texas A&M. Um, I'm starting to, to, to notice a, just a little bit of a, of a theme here, man. No, nah, it's no theme. I, trust me, I hate everything in Texas. And sadly enough, I've got all the grad schools I've applied to are all uh, three of them are in Texas. And I have got accepted in all of them. And I really don't want to go to any of them. But congratulations on that so, anyway, bro. Congratulations. No, thank you, but no. I don't want to live in San Marcos. I don't want to live in San Antonio. And I don't want to live in Dallas. Hey, but still, it's... it's, it's even, though if I live, even though if I live in San Marcos, I could live in Austin. But, dude, that's, that's, that's a big accomplishment. A big accomplishment. I know people right now are sweating or feel like their life is a failure because they can't get accepted to any law school. Um... So, yo, congratulations on that, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I got nothing else for college football unless y'all got a game. Uh, no, the other, only other game is Georgia-South Carolina. Um, what Beamer, Shane Beamer, who? I feel for you, guy. Oh, who does Florida uh, play next? Who? Florida. Florida has a bye, I believe. Then they play. Um, they no, play? I take that back. They play South Florida. They play South Florida at home, and that's going to be a bloodbath too. Because uh, Jeff Scott sucked <laughs> <laughs> as a coach, as a record label, as an entire crew. Jeff Scott sucked. Yeah. Hey, so so quick question: Did y'all um, recognize their name in the chat? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't even see it. Hold on. Uh, how do I get the chat from here? Oh, here it is. Oh, I ain't asked for all that. Uh, the name. Oh, yeah. 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 He played safety when I was on ninth grade team with me. Yeah. Did he play? Like, yeah. Did he play or he was just yeah, on the started, team? Yeah. He started. He wasn't that guy, though. So, varsity level, did he play? Uh, no. That's when I said the hell with football and came over the line. But no, nah, no. Nah. 
Because McKenzie started at safety with, uh, I can't remember who else. But yeah, that guy, no, he didn't start. No. I know, I know. So you know you know what I call him? Scott Team Thursday All Star? Scott Team Iffy. Uh, I thought you were gonna say Thursday All American. Nah, I come Scott team. Ma, what's what's the story about? Oh man, what's the? Or is that an offline conversation? That's an offline conversation. <laughs> it, it, it's it really is an offline conversation. But however, the one thing I did, I did, I did um, say, hey, you 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 call all these people trash and X Y and Z. What did you do? You you know what I mean? Like show the receipts. Show the receipts, but um, yeah. Not I got a preemptive. I got a preemptive strike. Go ahead. And I wanted to. I want the record. I want the record to show. The run is picking Oregon State to beat USC Saturday, September twenty fourth. I have one question. Mm-hmm. Where is that game? Because if it's in Corvallis, then you might. It's have in Corvallis. Okay, it's you Corvallis. might. Have, uh, you yeah. might. That might be the upset special. That's John. John Jonathan Smith, head coach of Oregon State, pulled one of the greatest grab your manhood moves I've seen in a while, which is his team could have tied the game with a field goal on the two-yard line, and he decided to send the kick. He sent the kicker out. Fresno State called the timeout. He laughed at their decision, sent his quarterback in, and then ran the ball in for a touchdown. <laughs> I like that. Wow. Yes, sir. Wow. For the record, I don't agree with your pick, but I'm just saying that's <laughs> That could be a that could be an upset special because it's in Corvallis. Uh, but for, for the record, I think USC wins by twenty. But yeah, I, I smell five dollars here. <laughs> smell another. I smell another five here. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make a bet. Yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> you know, we should have did. We should have put a pot. We should have made a pot. Uh, and everybody just put five dollars in. And every week, and just tally it you know up what? week by week. Let's do, let's do that, and then we donate to a local Valdosta charity. How about that? I'm willing to do that. I like that idea. So it's five dollars weekly, or five dollars is period. We gonna give fifteen dollars to a local charity. How about this? Starting next week, we pick five games. How many? However many games you lose, that's the amount that you throw into the pot. So okay. if you go 0 and 5, boom, 5 bucks. All right. I like And it's an incredible slate of games next week because you got Florida, Tennessee, Oregon, Washington State, uh, Clemson, Wake Forest, Michigan, Maryland, Texas, Texas Tech, North Carolina, Notre Dame. That's probably a loser leaves town match. <laughs> so, so we got a slow guy. All right, all right. Hey, so so listen, man. So next week is going to be real interesting. So if you got a nonprofit out there that you think is worthy, hit us up at Twitter. The beard always wins. Um, hit send us the DM so we could you know make that donation. And yeah, listen, world, y'all might not know this, but we are nominated for our heart podcast award. So keep listening. Hopefully we win. Who knows? Um, but yeah, until then, like shout out to Ryan, shout out to the Ron, shout out to Mo Lane, and we are the beard always wins. I'm Ramon, it's a movement, it's a lifestyle, more importantly, it's a podcast. And check out part one and part two. We'll
apologize for the technical difficulties earlier, but look, you got an extra 35 minutes of greatness. So with that being said, Deron, you got the last 15 seconds. Take us home. Uh, Herschel Walker is an idiot. Go to Twitter and look what he said about uh, <laughs> about uh, liberals killing Ralph Warnock wanting to kill babies. So uh, again, don't vote for uh, Herschel Walker.